0: Here is Bryce Johnson.
1: Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well. So glad to be with you today. We will be joined on the show by an actor, a former football player. His name is T.C. Stallings, and I'll tell you all about him in just a moment, but let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. It's healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. So it's great to be back on the podcast today. I hope you had a wonderful Fourth of July, and for me and my family, we've been in the process of moving, and as you can imagine, with a I guess an eleven month old, uh, it's been a wild journey. Uh, but we're thankful for uh, moving to a different part of town in Charlotte, uh, just outside of Charlotte, actually a little bit more in the country. So uh, small town, so we're we're very thankful and excited, and also we've moved offices, and we'll we'll set up. Uh, kind of a different studio here soon, but but I'm in a transition studio right now, and and so uh, we're excited about uh kind of stepping our game up a little bit in this in this new studio. We'll we'll be able to start doing some more video, and you'll be able to see more of the podcast uh, coming up soon. So uh, thanks for being a loyal listener, and always love hearing your feedback. So appreciate the texts or emails or anything on social media, uh, greatly appreciate it. And, and also, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do so. And then also share it, rate it, review it. All of that helps as well. And so, again, we thank you for that. All right. Today's guest. He was awesome in the movie War Room, which reached number one at the box office, and he was the the lead in that movie. Uh, it was a great movie. I saw with my wife. And now... He has got a new documentary that he wrote, directed, and self-produced, which is called 24 Counter, The Story Behind the Run, which was actually nominated for Most Inspirational Documentary by the ICFF. And it was adapted from the book that TC wrote, uh, kind of a devotional book called Playing on God's Team. And so he played his college football at Louisville, where he's he's in Louisville lore uh, thanks to his 25-yard overtime touchdown run against Kentucky to secure an upset win for the Cardinals back in 2000. And he'll talk about that today on the show. And he went on to play professionally in the Arena League in Europe and also in the, the Canadian League as well. And, and so uh you'll you'll be inspired by the conversation today we We do start off things talking a little sports uh but it quickly turns serious and uh you'll you'll hear about what he's been going through and how the covid nineteen has truly affected his family and and so it's tragic and and heartbreaking and also inspiring because you'll hear his perspective on things. And and so I think you'll 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 leave today uh, with a different perspective on the virus because you'll you'll hear a personal story, um, you know, and, and 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 how it affects uh, somebody who, who loses someone during this time. And so uh, TC is very open and honest about it. And, and then also we'll uh, will have some fun talking about his his journey from from football to acting and and how it all came together for him to to wear all the different hats in this documentary so stick around at the end of the conversation uh one part of the interview i really want to unpack further and so we'll do that following our conversation with tc stallings the actor and former football player here he is right now on unpacking it
0: intriguing guests and inspiring conversations This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
1: And joining us right now on Unpacking It is T.C. Stallings. T.C., thanks (laughs) so much for joining us. How are you?
2: I'm good, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk all about your your new documentary and, and hear all about your story uh, but but in reading about you, realized, all right, you grew up in Cleveland. So I, I got to ask you, what what is your sports fandom like?
2: Oh, it's Cleveland, Cleveland sports across the board, man. Nice. I've been a Browns fan ever since I was little. And, uh, you know, obviously a Cavs fan. You know, thank the Lord we finally got a championship. And, and uh, you know, I, I – I, I, you know, I don't even. I'm not really into baseball, but of course, I always you know root for the Indians if they're if they're doing anything. So I'm just Cleveland, Cleveland homer across the board.
1: That's awesome. So how did you respond to LeBron over the years? Then, because of course he was drafted there, then he leaves, then he comes back, and then he leaves again. So where do you come out with with just kind of LeBron?
2: Yeah, well, you know, being a professional athlete myself, you know, I get it. I understand it. You know, I was able to be. You know, see it from an athletic standpoint and from a fan standpoint. And you know, I was I was fine that he made the decision that he made. I mean, the, the, the thing that always got me was just you know the 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 drama surrounding it. I just think it could have been done in such a way that you didn't have so much drama. And even he has said as much that he had to do over again. He did it a little bit differently. But no, he he's a guy that that gave it everything that he had every time he was on the court, and that's what you want from the athletes. And I know as fans, we get a little bit more personally attached to him. And so when he left, it felt like he he ripped off people's hearts <laughs> and, and took them, with, you know. And uh, but no, I, I actually you know I was admittedly started to roll with the Heat too, you know. So I was Cavs slash Heat. Yep. Um, and now I'm now I'm Cavs last Lakers, so uh, I'm a fan, and I want to see them do well.
1: That's awesome. I'm I'm right there with you. Can't wait for the NBA to, to hopefully return, and, and we'll get to see the, the Lakers and LeBron, of course, uh, get things going. And, and so, I know for me, I'm a huge sports fan. It's been a tough couple of months without sports, and, and especially recently, kind of limited. We're getting a few sports coming back, but, but how have you been doing with kind of the sports landscape in recent months?
2: Uh, it's been, I mean... With me, my situation is going to be a lot different from other people because I've had some, um, how can I put it, distractions that, that wasn't good distractions. Um, You know, not to put a damper on things, but, you know, when, when the pandemic, you know, hit, you know, I I lost my mother in the pandemic, Mm. you know, so I didn't care about sports at that point, you know, and uh and then four weeks later, uh, I lost my grandmother, her mother to the, you know, so the pandemic period for me, most of my focus has just been on, you know, life and what I'm doing with it as people just started to drop off from it. And I didn't really have time to care, you know, whether or not, you know, anything else was working or not. You know, I was too busy trying to hold my family together and hold myself up and, um, and just kind of process that.
1: Man, I'm just so sorry for your loss, and I, I can't even imagine what you're going through. And I, and I appreciate you sharing that because I think you know, for many sports fans, that's that's the biggest disappointment we've experienced lately. It's like, oh man, we, you know, can't turn on the game at at night, and that's kind of our mentality when people are really dealing with this in a, in a major way. And and so, uh, what what else can you you share? And and I, I guess I'm even curious from a, a spiritual standpoint how these last couple of months have been for you as you've, you've grieved and processed and, and worked through losing two women that, that, that I believe are so important to you.
2: For sure. Um, well, you know, realizing that we live in a world where not everybody is under the microscope. And, you know, while I'm not the most famous guy in the world, uh, I am at a point where I have a little bit of a platform, you know, being that I've been in films and everything. And so I'm, I'm a person that I know people can see and, you know, there are a lot of people that lost someone due to the virus, but there isn't, they're not under a microscope where you can see how they handle it. And in a, in a small way, I kind of am. So I felt the responsibility to show how someone who follows Jesus would deal with something like that. And admittedly, I didn't have the strength nor the courage, really, you know, to, to jump out there and, and represent Christ all by myself. So I was really happy that the Holy Spirit really held me up um through prayer, through Bible study, through constantly focusing on scripture. Um, you know, my wife being with me and my children who also do the same things, okay. continuing to stick with those disciplines helped me to be able to display the right kind of attitude in front of all, in front of everybody who's watching me, you know, whether it be the, you know, thirty, forty thousand people on Facebook or people familiar with my career or, or just whatever. I was able to say, you know, the joy that I have that my mother and my grandmother knew Jesus supersedes the pain that I have from them passing away. Uh, because had they not known Jesus, then I'd really be well and in mourning and everything. And And so that's pretty much how I dealt with it. I just felt like I had a responsibility that the Holy Spirit would allow me to fulfill, which is to show the world how the Holy Spirit can give you that true peace that surpasses understanding. And you can't show that because if you've never been put in that situation that requires it. And this one certainly did.
1: No, it's incredible and so encouraging to hear. And, and when you use those words, and of course from the Bible, peace that surpasses understanding, what does that mean, and and how have you seen that truly you know, play out, and, and, and how have you been able to experience that, or what has that experience been like? Bob,
2: man, this is probably the toughest time that I've had to actually live that out, piece mm. of surpassed understanding. What it means is here you are in the middle of a pandemic. My mother lives in Cleveland, Ohio, where I'm from. I live in Southern California, so I'm already over 3,000 miles away from her. The pandemic hits. SoCal goes on lockdown. No one's going anywhere. I've never seen anything like this and you already can't understand that and then you know my 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 stepfather is going in and out of the house still working and he contracts the virus and my mother was doing a little shopping and she contracts the virus no one knows exactly how they got it but they both end up with it and then you're thinking that you know she's going to go to hospital and recover and everything and then four days later she's gone like just literally she's just gone and you know, you you're on the, you get a phone call from a doctor who says, um, you know, I'm sorry, but your mother is not going to live like that. And then you go right to your faith. And then, you know, four days later, she she's actually gone. And then four weeks later, you know, your grandmother goes. And then the thing is, like right now for me, you know, my mother is all I have. So this is where you break down and you cry and you wail and you, um, you don't know what to do with yourself and all those different things. And honestly, I was waiting for that to happen. But instead, I actually literally found myself, I didn't cry. Mm. And I, I thought I was going to fall completely apart. Me and my mother had a tremendous relationship, but I also have five other siblings in Ohio and I, that, that some of them don't even know the Lord that well. Um, this is an opportunity for me to show them. Like They'll look at me and be like, man, look at how, how T.T.'s handling this." They may say, well, I'm hurting, and I know you're hurting. Well, how are you standing up so tall? And I literally can say, that is all God, it has nothing to do with me, because I'm sitting up here waiting to fall apart, and, it, and and the Lord is holding me up, and maybe it's so you can see His power. Mm. And so you can see, because this is all of Him. And so literally, not even being able to just wail and, and, and just fall apart and just being able to celebrate the fact that she knew Jesus, um, I couldn't get out of SoCal to go to her funeral. Oh. And I had to watch that on TV. Man. I had to watch her funeral stream. And it's just, but again... I'm able to go and and just, when I'm on social media, I told the world the peace that God has given me has surpassed any any pain, and they were able to see that, and that just makes people want to maybe experience Jesus for themselves. So I thought that was a long-winded answer, but that's exactly what it looked like for me, which was even I didn't understand, like, why am I not crying? Why mm. am I not? I was dreading. When the doctor called, that there's a possibility I could lose her, and at that moment tears were trying to roll out. But when I finally got the news, it's like the Holy Spirit just held me up and was like, "I got, I got work for you to do. You got to inspire your family. You got to represent Christ for the world." And, and it would have been okay to cry. I, I know oh, yeah. it's, it's totally fine. It just never, it never happened. And uh, instead, I experienced just peace and strength. And I just imagine her with Jesus gave me peace, and uh, it's crazy, but I love it. I, that's how I want to imagine it. I don't want to see it any other way.
1: Wow, man, no, I appreciate you sharing all that, and and I'm, I'm sorry to to, to hear the news, and and I'm I'm very close to my mother, and I just can't even uh, imagine it, and and I'm just uh, so I'm, I'm heartbroken for you, but 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 I'm so encouraged and inspired uh, by your faith and, and what God is doing in you and through you right now and and it's just awesome to hear and and part of this this process the last couple of months led you to release your documentary so so take us into that process and 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 why now and and how you were able to actually put it together without I, I assume really going anywhere to be able to do it
2: yeah absolutely well last year 2019 um around tour like right before summer i actually started uh recording this documentary and it wasn't a documentary at that time it was literally just supposed to be like this this facebook or youtube project you know because i just wanted to put it out there something for free i wanted to be able to share my testimony and you know just kind of do this cool little thing and that's what it has started off as at first um and then when we get into 2020 and then the pandemic hits and you know, I started losing people and, and everything just got crazy. I just started to think, like, you know, you never know when you're going to breathe your last breath. Mm. You never know when you're going to have you know your last day. Um, I mean, side note, since we're talking sports, this is kind of a slant, but it's relevant. Um, When the movie Just Mercy, when that got re- released, um, Kobe Bryant threw a screening here in Southern California. And uh, Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan and, and Brie Larson, everybody from the cast was there. And I got invited to it. And mm-hmm. so I went to that screening. When the screening was over, um, you know, Kobe was 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 talking uh, to the whole to the to the small group that was in the theater. And he was getting ready to leave, and there were some people around him. And I was like, man, I'm gonna go tell you know I, I had met Kobe, so I'm gonna meet him. And then someone came up and started talking to me. And then it looked like Kobe was gonna get away from me, so I said, ah, you know what? I just catch you next time. Uh, Kobe passed away a week later. Uh... A week later, you know what I mean. And so getting back to the point here. Is that when I'm watching, you know, my mother and my grandmother and people, you know, passing away, I'm just like, it's just like Scripture says in James four thirteen through fourteen. Man, life is but a mist, and you you don't know what tomorrow holds. And so, what are we here for as Christians, man? Is, is to tell people about Jesus. And mm-hmm. so, I took what was supposed to be just a little YouTube thing, and and I said, you know what, I want to make this into an official documentary that I could put out there. So that now maybe the whole world can hear my testimony because that's essentially what twenty four counter is, man. It's my testimony, and I'm like, I can't put it out the way it is because it's just not good enough. You know, nobody's gonna, it's not gonna, it's not gonna make the rounds. It's not. So I had to use this pandemic time to make it into something presentable with, you know, with the pictures, with the video, with the music, and all of that. And to your point, we're doing this at a time where I can't get out. You know, I can't, I can't, you know, have other people like help me with it so i had to literally put on all the hats producer writer director everything lighting everything and do it myself wow. but i used the motivation you know um of my mother passing, and of my grandmother passing, and of, of the fact that i want to get my testimony out and if i do this right and get it done right i can get my testimony out to the world mm. and uh, i can get it up on amazon prime i can get it up on Vimeo. i can get it you know we're going digital anyway so this is important that i get it done and so that's where the inspiration came from and that's literally what I've spent my spring and pandemic doing was getting this documentary done. And I wanted to be able to add that to my testimony that at one of the lowest points in my life, I spent my time working on a documentary that would show the world how good God is in my life. And uh, so that's that's what I've been doing. Oh,
1: man, that's incredible. It's called 24 Counter, the story behind the run. And, and, and so I, we'll talk about the story, but I'm just fascinated by how, you know, how it all came together and then you're, you're wearing different hats. And so which of the hats that you had to wear turned out to be the hardest for you that, that maybe you hadn't done before that, that maybe even was surprisingly harder than you thought.
2: Uh, the, the editing and, uh, was definitely the, the top thing and getting it, uh, formatted for like a, a true theatrical presentation. Yeah. Because you know when you're putting something on YouTube, you know it's you just I mean, single cam, just straight on. It's it just you know it doesn't take a whole lot of it doesn't even take a whole lot of quality like you know. But when you want to put it out so people can either rent it or buy it, man, they gotta be done with that saying, "Hey, that was worth my little two ninety nine or my nine ninety nine or whatever." And, you know it needs to be clear and you know you can't have like <laughs> you you can't have like your, your cat you know, running around and the dog barking in the background. is just like, it's so many, like people are going to basically, you know, consume this, you know, and you have to. So getting it to the point to where I felt like it was, you know, theater quality and, and editing all those cuts and all that, like literally, brother, I did all of that. I thank God that I actually had that experience with it. Mm. Um, but I didn't outsource, I didn't outsource anything. The only thing I outsourced oh. was get, getting people to watch it and tell me, is either garbage or great. That's that's all I wanted to hear. And uh, did, did people so, tell yeah, you it man. was garbage? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody told me that. I was happy. Yeah, there that, you go. You know, everybody was like, "This is inspiring," and um, and so I'm just thankful I get a chance to to, to share my testimony. And uh, and you know, at least now I know I can do it. So that's cool. If, if there's ever anything else I want to share or document. You know, um, like I said, if I do a film I need a crew, but documentary is easier with more people, but at least I know that I did a quality project that's um entertaining but has a great message behind it.
1: That that is awesome, man. way to go and, and uh what an accomplishment, especially during the circumstances and everything you were going through, uh and everything all around you as well. So uh, man, that, that's, that's neat. So let's talk a little bit about the the documentary. And, of course, we encourage people to to, to go watch it so that you can see it and feel it and, and get the full experience. But, but I think kind of the, in, in just reading about it and reading about your story, the, the big thing that jumped out to me was th- this idea that in college uh, or even just kind of even maybe growing up, you knew that Jesus was your Savior, but football was your Lord. And so, can you, yep. sh- can you share what that meant and, and just how important football was to you and kind of the, the, the scope of your life? Oh,
2: for sure. Well, so, you know, 24 Counter, it's the name of the, the, the documentary. And, and all that is, is for, for my football buffs out there, you know, that's a, that's a running back play. Oh, yeah. Um, I ran that play uh, in 2000 in a very, very tight game against the University of Kentucky. I played at Louisville, University of Louisville. This is our rival, and we were 34-34 to in overtime, and I got the game win and run, and it was 24-counter. And so I named it that because what led up to me getting to that point had everything to do more so with my relationship that grew with the Lord versus me even winning that game. Now, I'm known – for making that run. But what people didn't know was the story behind the run. Mm. So that's in essence what the documentary is. And so I take people back to my childhood where my football dreams even started. And they started from me wanting to get out of a rough neighborhood and make life better for my family and for my mother. We were struggling and we didn't have much money and we live in a in, in tough neighborhood. And I would see as a kid that, you know, if you ran around with this football pretty good, you could go to college for free, and you could have a chance at the NFL. And I knew nobody could afford to give me the college, so that became my way. Now I grew up in church, and so again, you know, I learned to, to fear the Lord, and I believed in God and all of that. But I hadn't, I hadn't learned what it meant for uh, Jesus to be Lord. And what I mean by that is, He, Jesus, is your Savior, whether you accept that or not. Because he did it before you were When he died on the cross thousands of years ago, he became the savior of the world. Yeah. He didn't need our help for that. Hmm. You know, we just end up finding out about it and believing in it and accepting it. It would be like if, if I if if I knocked you out of the way of a speeding car and and saves your life, but you bumped your head on the ground and got a concussion, and you went to the hospital and you forgot everything, you don't know nothing, but the people are telling you that, hey, the guy from, from the, the film star guy... Uh, came and knocked you out of the way. You can choose to believe it or not. You can mm. be like, "Man, y'all jiving me," <laughs> but that don't make it not true because you don't believe it. Yeah, you know it happened regardless. I saved you. Mm. You know, so so Jesus saved us whether we believe it or not. But as far as Him being Lord, that does require an acceptance on our part and then following Him. I didn't know how to do that. Wow. I didn't know that that even needed to happen, and so. What took the place of Jesus being Lord was football because whatever you give your time, your treasure, your attention, your effort whatever you obey, man that's the Lord of your life man and it it's actually a form of idolatry, and so for me, that's what I would get in football, and I did that it was easy for me to do because i it felt like football was opening all the doors, not God it was football, football gave me my friends, football got the colleges coming to talk to me football got me to college football so I was doing everything I could for that. I wasn't reading my Bible as much as I was reading my playbook. Hmm. I wasn't working on my spiritual strength as much as I was working on my physical strength, you know. And so, football was was but 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 I would but I would ask God to help me though. Now, hmm. see, that's just, he, He's still God. So, hey, God, help me score touchdowns. Help me get the help me, help me, help me. But when it comes to you know Him being Lord, Jesus being Lord in my life, Holy Spirit leading, I didn't know. So, the documentary takes you through that whole time. And then me getting to college, where I just ran into somebody that actually knew what it meant to have Jesus as Lord of your life, and he invited me to a Bible study. I studied scripture with him and learned everything that I needed to really see. He kind of helped me re-examine scriptures, and then I put that thing to the test. And then and I was and I was just basically changed at that point. And so without spoiling it, you would hear that story and how I made my transformation into really seeing what it truly meant to let Jesus be Lord. You know, I looked at my effort as an athlete and said, I saw in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 to 27, where Paul was like, you're supposed to give that kind of effort to, to the Lord. Mm. And so I started working on that. And then in making that transformation, it kind of changed who you hang out with. It kind of led to some persecutions. It kind of led to me being treated differently as an athlete. And that affected my play on the field. Mm. And that takes you all the way up to that game in which 24-Counter happens. And when you see how that all ties together, that's where the inspiration will come from.
1: Ah, that's awesome. So that's a, a good tease for the, the documentary 24-Counter, the story behind the run with T.C. Stallings. And and so, T.C., you, you end up uh, playing professional football, and, and so you, you play in the Arena League in Europe and in, in the Canadian League. And so mm-hmm. how do you, now looking back, view your professional career and even in light of your heart transformation but also in light of the dream to get to the nfl so so how do you kind of reconcile all of that all these years later
2: well it's so funny how like when i made that transformation and all i did was just take football and i kept it on my heart but i just put jesus in first place where he belonged so now he gets to decide whether i play or not he gets to decide if i go to the nfl or not like it's I'm gonna keep playing as long as he'll allow me, because it still remains a dream. So I kept playing, and I played well. And then I go and I enter the draft. I don't get drafted, so but I did get picked up, got at the uh, arena league, and I played well there. Then I move up even higher to the CFL, Played well there. Then you move up to the uh, pro leagues in Europe. So i I had a great six-year career, broke records in the leagues, and I'm in, I enjoy my time. But when I went to Europe, we won a Super Bowl out there, and I had the best season as a pro. You know, my I was fifteen hundred yards and twenty six touchdowns, and my goal was to come back and take that to the NFL and get some private workouts and and go on in, and I and but at this point again, football has had its right place in my life. It was God family football. You know, football went from <laughs> went from first to third where it belonged. You know, and again, since God is first, He controls my life. He controls my pursuit. I traded my will in for His will. Mm. And in two thousand eight, which was um, like I said, was my sixth year of being a pro. I went to the movies and saw a film that inspired me so much that I prayed about whether or not I even wanted to play football anymore, and now I want to try acting. And I asked the Lord to uh, confirm that or just, hey, just a prisoner of the moment, T.C. You saw a good movie, and now you think you want to be there watching somebody. (laughs) It's like, no. Lord, my heart is really thumping. This movie got people. The movie was fireproof, by the way. Yeah, I'm like, this movie got people in here mending marriages. Like a movie did that. And I'm like, I think I want to. Now I know what I want to do when this uh, my career is over, or maybe I do it now. Lord, you leading and guys, and so I prayed. I said, Who made this film? My wife said the Kendrick brothers. I said, Well, I want to try and work with the Kendrick brothers. If I can do that, that's an answer prayer, and I'm gonna I'm pursue it. The next year, I'm working with the Kendrick brothers. So uh. I retired. I retired and started acting, and here I am in Southern California and Hollywood. 22 years, uh, 22 films later, um, 22 films, and eight years later, I'm, 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 you know, living out the the purpose that God called for me in acting. And in 2015, I woke up and I was in the number one movie in America called War Room. So oh, yeah, that's what happens when you trade in your will for God's will, and that's how I reconciled it. So He wanted me to be a continual pro, I would have been, but He used football for as long as He needed to, and And it was just a vehicle to come into a head-on collision with him and learn to put him first. And then once he knew that I knew how to do that, then he shifted my passion to acting, and and now I'm doing that.
1: Uh, How cool is that? That's a great story. And Yeah, War Room, awesome movie. Saw it with my wife in the theater. And, uh, yeah, tremendous, tremendous movie. And so cool that it was number one at the box office, and and you were the – had a lead role in that, in that movie and, and did a great job. So that's a, that's a powerful movie Thank as well. You uh, if people haven't, haven't seen that yet, but hopefully they have, but definitely uh, check that one out as well. Well, th- th- one other thing I wanted to, to bring up, and you, you've mentioned this a couple of times, but I saw it on your, your Twitter that you wrote this. You said, following Jesus is not having him fit our lifestyle, it's us giving up our lives to fit his purposes. And so you've yes, kind sir. of explained that, but I, I just love how, how you put it in in, the, in those terms. And, and maybe you haven't spoken about this as much yet, uh, as far as us trying to, to have him fit our lifestyle. And what, what do you notice about that? What have you learned, even just as you've grown in your faith, just about the, the, the difference there?
2: Well, it's a huge difference because we will put ourselves in a position where we're out in front. And with us out in front, there's nothing in Scripture that shows that we were designed to lead our own life. Everything in Scripture says that Jesus is supposed to lead. The Holy Spirit is supposed to lead. But what we tend to do, I think we're all guilty of this. I for sure uh, was guilty of it, and now I have it in check. And, but you have to continually put it in check. And what, and what right. and the it that I'm talking about is you get an idea. You get a dream in your heart. You get something in and you just go. And what you usually do is you're a spiritual person, you, you take – Jesus alone for the ride because you want him on your side So it's like you just go do it and you ask God to bless it versus asking God what he designed you to do and then asking him to bless your efforts to carry that out. They Mm -hmm. are very, very different because one puts you out in front, the other puts you in the trail position where you belong. The Holy Spirit should be holding your hand, walking out in front, telling you where we're going. Yeah. Not the other way around, where you're out in front telling God what he needs to help you with and help you achieve. <laughs> and the funny thing about that is one of them is guaranteed to work, and right. the other one, you're winging it. <laughs> and, and so I want myself in a position where I do the one that's guaranteed to work. And so that's why Psalms 139.16 has become one of my favorite verses where he says, you know, it says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So what that communicated to me is like being an actor is easy. I can put it in a simple sentence. He is the author, writer, director uh, of the script of my life. And I'm just supposed to grab the script and and play my role. Mm. And, Even in my career right now, I didn't go up to the producers and be like, hey, I ain't doing this. We're going to do it this way. They're like, you didn't write it. We're we're the directors. You know, you're supposed to take the script and and follow it. And so that scripture says that God has basically wrote the script of my life. So that means he knows the purpose in which I'm supposed to be living. And he said moment by moment, day by day. That's so like matter of fact right there. So I can ask the Lord about my, my now my next moment, and my tomorrow, and say, hey, Lord, guide me in what you want me to do, and give me the wisdom when I pray to see what your answers are about my next move. And then you follow him. Like, that's what it means to have him out in front. And to do that requires you molding to him, not him molding to you, because you may not want to do what he wants you to do. So then you start firing off your own request. But the Bible says make your request known. But at the end of the day, God has the final say-so. Hmm. And that's how you put yourself in the trail position. And I love it because he knows best. I want to be behind him, not in front of him.
1: Amen. I mean, that, that's such a a strong, powerful understanding. And when we grasp it and we, we daily surrender to that, uh, it's, it's amazing what, what God can do. And, and we just have to truly allow our hearts to be surrendered to that and, and to truly trust his will and and give up our way for his way so
2: i don't want to send a message that it's something that is easy to do and that i don't struggle with my own ideas but see that's why you got to read all of scripture and i look at
1: what was the the
2: deterrent for me is what happens when you get outside of His will. I study all of that stuff, and mm. and I, I don't want to be where He don't want me to be, especially when you read scriptures like Matthew seven twenty one. You know, He's like, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of the Father. Mm. Like that, that's so no matter of fact. So I'm like, I don't want my will. I want the will of the Father. So I use those things as deterrents from jumping off into my own. Uh, plans because it's tempting there's things i want to do but i'm like man i, I want God's will. let me run it through him first and make sure it's okay he signs off on it he he authenticates what i'm what i'm doing and it's part of his will then i go if he don't i ain't touching it uh, <laughs> so amen sure that
1: amen no it's it's so great and, and we just have to kind of we have to be aware of yeah just how much we're chasing our own things and and and, and like you say somebody gave me great advice about when when we you know pray are we just saying, all right, God bless this, bless this, or are we writing down, Lord, what do you want? What do what do you want? And, yeah. and coming to Him with more of a of a blank page, of a, of an openness uh, to Him, and and truly listening. Uh, oh, that's what that's what the advice was. Come 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 to prayer time with just a blank sheet of paper versus coming with all of our lists, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, that that reminds yeah. me of that as well. So, man, awesome awesome stuff. I, I just had, had one final thought for you, and and sure. we'll, we'll go back to the the movies. Uh, maybe I'll do one one movie, one sport question, and then we'll we'll wrap things up. But but just uh, with, with you being out in, in Hollywood, I'm just kind of fascinated with where are we going right now with with you know with this pandemic and and how it's really changing things. I mean, you know, you turn on TV shows are way different now. They're trying to make do, and you know the the, the late night shows are all unique and all these different scripted shows, all that kind of thing. So just from your perspective, what what are some of the positives and some of the things you're like, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen just as far as kind of the the general direction Hollywood's heading?
2: Well, I'd start with the positive for sure. I think it's everybody's trying to, everybody's in adaptation mode. You know, everybody's trying to adapt. You know, I think for, in the beginning, people were kind of hoping that, you know, this would kind of come and go. And so you felt like you were going to be on a pause and everybody was just kind of adjusting to that pause. But now it's starting to get that feeling like, you know what, this thing's going to be here for a while. It's not going anywhere. We got we to start looking at it. <clears throat> not as that's going to pass, but as a new normal uh, possibly. So now people are adapting. So the positive is that you got so many streaming services and so many ways to watch digitally that, you know, you can still make a film and you can still get it out to the world and get it out to homes. Is just, um, which brings me to the negative is that the theater market, like the, the theater business is going to suffer. Yeah. And I enjoy going out to the theaters and the premieres and, and watching some of the other people and the popcorn and the cassette. Like there's just that, and I just don't know what the future holds for that. I don't know if they'll be able to sustain themselves. I really, really hope that they do. Um, so that's one drawback. The other thing is, you know, Sets are going to be. A lot of people are going to be really gun shy about proximity and, and spreading the virus, and who has it and who doesn't, and the testing and the, and the being careful, and the, so that'll be weird. Everybody will be walking around with masks on, which is a good thing, but it'll it'll be weird. And every every movie set is probably going to look like when you see those sci fi movies where they've trapped an alien and, and they put them in a bubble, and everybody's wearing this <laughs> everybody's yeah. wearing like the spacesuit looking stuff and and so, you know, for a while, you know, if we don't get better here, it'll probably look like that. So I think the main vibe around here now is everybody's going to want to be extremely healthy. People are going to be very, very touchy about that. And rightly so. I know I will be. I, I, I want to be, you know, everything sanitized. And um, But the great thing about it is that it looks like we're not going to get to the point to where, and this was feared at first, that we, we, we don't know when we would get back to making movies. But things are already getting back in production and it's just – the proper precautions are being taken, and you know there's a lot of ways to release stuff. Like I said, digitally, but I do hope that the theaters come back. And and I myself, I got a movie coming out later this year, and still trying to see how we're going to release it. Um, hoping that we have some theater time, depending on what happens. But it's called My Brother's Keeper. Nice. Um, so that'll be coming out later this year, but it'll get back to it, but not not so much as, as we as we once knew it.
1: Yeah, no, I I appreciate that that perspective, and I'm I'm with you. I love going to the movies, so I miss it. It's been, it's been so long, and uh, man, I sure hope that they can figure out uh, a way to to adapt. Uh, so I'm with you on that. Right. Uh, all right. So last question, sports question. We started talking about Cleveland. We'll end talking about Cleveland. The Browns this year. Are you buying the hype? I am. You and
2: and are- <laughs> The main reason that I'm buying the hype is because. It, it was and i'm even more hype i'm more hyped this year than i was last year oh wow. and the reason is because last year was such an embarrassment that i think it was you know how <laughs> you know how like you, you know you you get humbled in a fight because you thought you were gonna you know if you're a boxer you just really thought you're gonna beat somebody up and they just really take it to you well if you're fortunate enough to get a rematch you're gonna come into it a lot different <laughs> like even if even if you Even if you still lose, you know, if it was a first-round KO, well, round two, I respect you more. I've trained harder. I've been humbled. I ain't talking that much. I'm really So I'm going to at least take you to a decision. You know, and even if you win, but this is going to be a 12-round fight. I ain't coming in, you know, teasing you, sticking my tongue out, hands behind my back, and you just punch me in the nose and knock me out because I took you lightly. And so I just think the Browns have been extremely, extremely humbled. Um, and they just you know they shore things up better coaching, you know they, they they feel like they got better coaching staff, you know they've got uh even more players, and it's just everything's there, but now you got the humility to go with it, and I just think it's the hype now i'm I'm more hyped now because they didn't have that last year. Had they had this humility last year and everything I think we would have did great, but mm-hmm. now we for sure have it. so we got knocked out last year, but now we we got a rematch, and I think we're coming back with better training we're more prepared we're humble and we are taking the opponent a lot more serious and i think uh i think we're gonna do better i, I, I think we're gonna make the playoffs we have which
1: there you go i like i mean there's there's no reason that they, that they shouldn't they're loaded with talent i mean especially on offense i mean are you kidding i'm a fantasy football player it's like you got six seven eight guys that are worthy to be drafted so it's uh it's a loaded team for sure so uh it's gonna be fun fun yep. to see and and TC, man, really appreciate you coming on, unpacking it today, and, and wish you the best with your documentary that, that you wrote, directed, and self produced. It's called 24 Counter, the story behind the run, and, and encourage people to check that out. And they and can visit uh, your website, which is tcstallings.life. And just appreciate you. Yeah,
2: your- www.tcstallings.life, L I F E. And as soon as you get there, it'll show you exactly. Um, how to watch
1: boom there it is well that's awesome and and appreciate you uh yeah sharing your testimony and, and especially with everything you've been through these last few months and just continuing to look to the lord and uh just just pray for you and, and continued strength and and that that peace that surpasses understanding so thanks so much tc and then uh let's stay connected and, and and wish you the best
2: yes sir thank you and thank all you listeners and thank everybody for helping me to share my
1: testimony with the world Amen. Amen. There's T.C. Stallings joining us here on
0: Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
1: And we're back in studio to unpack the conversation we just had with T.C. And, and focus in on, on one aspect of it in particular, Uh, but I do want to encourage you to check out our website, unpackingit.com. While you're there, subscribe to the weekday email devotional if you haven't already, and then also you can email me, bryce at unpackingit.com. I always love to hear from you. Let me know what you think about today's interview and anything else going on at Unpacking It or in the sports world, or if you have a prayer request, shoot me an email, bryce at unpackingit.com. I read this quote that, that I found on Twitter, and, and this is what TC wrote. He said, following Jesus is not having him fit our lifestyle. It's us giving up our lives to fit his purposes. And so I love what he said about that and and just his ability to communicate that even further and, and unpack that further, if you will. And so I'll just share my, my personal thoughts on this because, It's something that I know we all struggle with because we desire to follow Jesus, but oftentimes what that means to us is, all right, I'm going to do all these things and I want Jesus to be a part of it or I want him to to come along with me and bless this, but, but it's really me leading the way. It's my selfish desires leading the way. And, and if I'm honest with you today in regards to my approach to, you know, life and ministry, oftentimes I've got all these great dreams for what unpacking it can be. And, and even what my, you know, life and family and, and all that can be. And, and oftentimes it's in my own mind and I'm not putting it through the filter or the lens of God's Word And the Holy Spirit prompting me, leading me, guiding me, and and that daily surrender to say, not my will, Lord, but your will. And it really is a daily dying to ourself, dying to our own selfish desires to say, Lord, I want your way because your way is the best way. And, and, you know, even I've seen, we've now been around seven years with the ministry you know certain things i thought would go a certain direction or oh we got to come on lord you got to bless this you got to bless this and and he's like no that's that's not the direction to go i've i've got something else in store for you and then it's like oh okay yeah this is better this is the better direction to go and and so it's it's hard it's challenging it it, it requires us to be aware you know it's self-awareness it's awareness of god's promptings and and his leading and and being in tune to what he's really saying and, and, and what he's pointing us toward that, that shows us his purposes, his plans, his direction. But, but oftentimes we're like, wait a second, I like this idea over here. Come on, Lord, let's go do this. Come on, let, bless this. I like this idea. I want to do this. And, and he's saying, what are you, what are you doing? I, I got something better for you. Why, don't, don't waste your time. Don't get distracted. That's a big thing for me. Oftentimes, I get distracted by something that I think is is a good idea, but it's not a great idea, or it's not the best idea. It's not a a God idea. It's a Bryce idea that sounds cool and maybe it'll be okay, but it's not the best. and And so I'm guilty of it, and and it's a, a a daily battle and surrender to say, all right, Lord, I'm giving up my life, my way of doing things, and I want to fit things into your purpose. Um, I want to I get in line. I want to get in line in obedience, in, in uh, just the, the daily walk with you. You, you empowering me uh, and changing me from the inside out. And so, uh, man, I'm thankful to uh, hear that from T.C. Stallings today to get his perspective on it. And, and again, I'll read the tweet. Following Jesus is not having him fit our lifestyle. It's us giving up our lives to fit his purposes. And, and this goes along the lines, too, where we like our certain lifestyle. We like to partake in certain things or we like certain uh, things that, that money buys us. And maybe God's saying, give that up. Give it up. Sacrifice. Let it go. And that's tough, too. That's another part of that as well. That's what Unpacking it's all about. It's all about following Jesus. We're on this journey together, and, and, and as we wrap up this show, and, and as I wrap up this show each time, I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. And I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life trying to figure this out as sports fans who follow Jesus together. And it's it's figuring it out, but more importantly, it's it's doing this together to where we've got to challenge one another, hold each other accountable, to say, wait a second, are you trying to fit God into your plans or are you fitting into his plans and his direction? And and it takes us uh, being aware of that and 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 sometimes calling it out in in one another, in those those of us that, that have close relationships. Uh, with one another, and so we talked a little bit about that with Jonathan Stewart and Mike Tolbert on the last podcast as well, uh, and so it, it it comes up regularly because we need each other to to stay on that path of obedience. That's all we got for today. Thanks so much to TC Stallings. Go check out his movie, and if you haven't seen War Room, I encourage you to check that uh, that out as well. uh Take your wife or girlfriend on a date, or find find someone. Or I guess today we can't go out on dates, but. Uh, rent it, stream it, find it. Actually, the town that we've moved to has a family video, so I cannot wait to get to family video. It's coming. Can you believe those are still in existence? Oh, yeah. Down the street. I'll keep you posted. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the Unpacking It podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson.
0: For more information about the show, our events and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's unpackinit.com. That's u n p a c k i n i t.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackinit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.